Good evening, ready to get started with Maseches Psachim Dafyud. We are starting approximately uh, three-fourths of the way down on Daftes and the Bays at the two dots. Today, we're going to be learning uh, approximately 12-ish cases. Um, the 12 cases we're going to be learning are 12 cases that are really shilas in the world of B'dikas Chametz, and many of them will be answered by comparing them to a precedent case in Shas, just as a muscle. If you could imagine going into a court of law and presenting a new case and hearing the judge saying, that case was dealt with. It's the case of Brown v. Board of Education. Whatever the case is, there's precedent, and that's how the courts make their decisions. Well, they got that model from here, I presume, because that's exactly how this works. We're going to be looking at the world of B'dikas uh, Chametz and saying, hey, what was the precedent? And that's how case law should be learned. So that, let's get started with case number one. I have written in my Gemara uh, the numbers here. Uh, we are going to be dealing with two on this page, another six on the next page, and we're going to hit up to 12 before we get to the Mishnah. Case number one. You have uh, nine neatly organized piles um, of, a, uh, of, cham, of matzah, and one of them is chametz. Right? So nine to one odds. And there was a mouse that took food from uh, from from these these collections of food. Again, nine matzah, one chametz. Velo yadinon imatzah shakal chametz shakal. We don't know what the animal took. We knew that he took, but we don't know what he took. So says the Gemara. Hainu, this is the case of what's our precedent case. It's referred to as Tesha Hanuyos, the nine stores. It's a well-known case in Shas. We'll uh, detail it in a moment. Continues this uh, case in the Gemara. Piresh, if it wasn't part of these neat piles. Let's say you found a random piece of meat. It wasn't in a collection of nine neat piles of matzah and one neat pile of chametz, but it's just a random piece of bread. So then Piresh then and he took it That's the end of the mission of Tesha Chanuyos. What is the mission of Tesha Chanuyos? So says the Gemara as follows, it's not. The Mishnah writes, this uh, has its roots all over Shas. It's in Ksubis and Chulin and, and Nida, as it says in the Masorah Sashas here. And of course, obviously, uh, here in Pesachim. says the Gemara, what's the case of Tesha uh, Chanuyos? It's not Tesha Chanuyos. If you have nine stores, Kulan Mochrin Basar Shkuta, Va'achas Mochrin Basar Nevela. Nine of them sell kosher meat. And one of them sells treif meat, right? We can already see the comparison. Nine cases of matzah and one case of chametz. Velokach me'achas mehen, similar to the mouse. Ve'no yodem ezen lokach, just like the mouse. How do we paskin in the case of Tesha Chanuyos? Sveiko aser. We say that it's problematic. What did we say in our Mishnah? It's just like Tesha Chanuyos, which means that it would be a problem. We would have to do b'dikas chametz again. However, uvenimza, what if we found it not near the neat piles? What if it wasn't near the neat stores? So then, halach achar harov, then we follow the majority. What underlays this idea of Teisha Chanuyos is a principle called kavua kemechza al mechzadami. The fact that the stores are fixed, the fact, that they, the fact that they have a location, let's say you go to a section of a city that's all of the meat stores. Nine in a row are fruma places and the last one is not. And so that's our case because the buildings are established. So we have more of a suffix as to where the food came from because it's very reasonable that it came from the Chametz place, right? There we don't say rove because there's a building in front of me that sells Nevela, right? However, if I find a random piece of meat and it's not near one of these stores, then I can say, oh, it's just a random piece of meat. Then we follow the robe. And if you're in a Jewish city and most of the butchers are kosher, then you're allowed to eat the meat. So that's case number one with precedent number one. The case of Teisha Chanuyos. Case two, we're about 10, 11 lines from the bottom. 
It says the Gemara, Shnei you have two neat piles. Echad shall Now the case has changed. Now it's not nine to one, it's one to one. So I have these two piles. They're in the street. On, let's say they're in front of my house. And uh, there's, there's two houses, my house and my neighbor's. Now my house is not yet checked, but my neighbor's house is checked. Again, one pile of chametz, one pile of matzah, one house that's baduk, one house that's not baduk. Two mice show, show up. One of them took from the matzah pile and one of them took from the chametz pile. And then below Yadina, at this point, we lose where they went. Below Yadina, Ilahai Isle, the Ilahai Isle. So we don't know where they went. So what's the precedent for case number two? Answers the Gemara. Hainushte Kupos. This is like the case of two Kupos, the case of the two large baskets. This is a case of Chulan and Truma. Here's the details. It's non Shte Kupos. If you have two large baskets, Achas Shel Chulan, Achas Shel Truma, one of the baskets has Chulan and one has Truma. One is allowed to be eaten now, one belongs to the Kohen. In front of these large baskets is a very small amount, just one sub, and one sub, Truma. So again, two massive dumpsters worth, one of Chulin and one of, uh, one of Chulin and one of Truma. And then in front of that is two target bags worth, one of Chulin and one of Truma. And one of them got dumped into one of the other, into the dumpsters, one into each dumpster, but we don't know which one. Now, the chulin could have gone into the chulin, the chulin could have gone into the truma. But more poignantly, the truma could have gone into the chulin, or the truma could have gone into the truma. We're concerned about the truma. So it says the Gemara, that's the same thing as our case. So it says, three lines from the bottom, says the Tanakama, mutarin. Why is it mutar in this case? Why aren't we concerned that the truma fell into the chulin, into the dumpster of chulin? Says the Gemara, Shani Omer, I'm allowed to make an assumption here of chulin, l'so chulin, naflu, truma, l'so truma, naflu, ad nafla. I don't have to make an assumption that the wrong thing happened when everything is 50-50. No one was doing anything wrong here. It, it, okay, I'm just going to add the chulin to the this and they add the chuma to the that. And I thought I did right. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know what I did. 50-50. In this case, says the Gemara, it says a, a Mishnah, you don't have to worry about that. On this, ask the Gemara at the very last line of Testament base. Says the Gemara, wait a second. Amar de Amrinan, when do we say, quote, She'ani Omer, your svara of I say I can be lenient here. When do we say that? Turning to the top of Yudam and Aleph, that's Betruma, which is Dirabanan. Says Rashi, since when is Truma Dirabanan? <laughs> Truma is a din daraisa. All right, but, but we see that all over the Torah. Says Rashi, two words. Dibur Hamas, Truma Dirabanan, Bizman Hazeh. Huge and important, Yisod, that Truma is not a din daraisa. Uh, Bizman Hazeh. I told you I was speaking with this uh, person of another tradition. He's, he keeps asking me a whole bunch of kashas. So one of the things he said to me is that, uh, why don't you bring uh, sacrifices anymore? You don't seem to be following the Bible. The Bible said to, to bring sacrifices when you do sins. So that's a good question, but we have an answer to that, which is this, it's bismanazit. We're not allowed to do everything today. We're limited. Not all of the 613 apply today. I cannot bring a korban chatas, nevach. I wish I could, I'd love to. But this is a, this Mishnah is a dinder abanan. So the Gemara says as follows, I don't understand. That Mishnah is the Rabbanan, good, but what case are we dealing with? You tried to compare our, our case of Chametz to Truma? In a case of Chametz, which has a status of Del Raisa, to eat Chametz is a big problem. How can you compare the case of Chametz, which is Del Raisa, to this Mishnah of Truma, which is the Rabbanan? Says the Gemara, where have you been for the last 10 blot? We're not talking about the large overarching status of chametz. We're talking about bedikas chametz. Says the Gemara, second line, atu bedikas chametz do raisa. 
Since when do we ever say that Bdikas Hametz is Doraisa? It may help solve a Doraisa problem, that's possible. But in and of itself, everyone agrees that Bdikas Hametz is Dirabanan. And says the Gemara, second line, Dirabanan, we know it's Dirabanan, Dimi Doraisa, Bibitl Ba'al All you have to do is that. So the Gemara tried to say, you can't compare our case to Truma. And then the Gemara says, yes, you can. Both cases are Dirabanan. Good. That was case number two. So we dealt with a case of nine and one, and we dealt with a case of one and one. And now we're going to move on to another similar case. Yes, Michael. Uh, uh, yes, David, tonight's learning is Ilui Nishmas. Uh, David Ilan Ben Dun. Thank you for reminding me. His neshama should have an aliyah. Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara, third line, Sibur Echad Ulafana You have one neatly organized pile of chametz. It's a slice of bread after a slice of bread. A whole case of it. And in front of that, you have two houses that are baduk. My house and your house were neighbors. Our houses are checked. They're totally clean. The Asa Akbar Vishakal, and there was a mouse. And the mouse came in, it took from the chametz. We know that it's chametz. That was the case. The case was that there's only chametz. So then, what do we do if we don't know where he went? So then the Mishnah compares this. What's the precedent case for this case? The Gemara compares this to one of the most well-known cases in Shas. This is a very well-known case in Shas. And here is how the case plays out. What is comparable to this case of one collection of chametz followed by... Uh, an animal that takes it into one of two checked houses. The case is Shnei Shvilin. It's non if there are two pathways. So let's say I'm standing here and you're standing there between me and you. It bows out in two directions, path A and path B. They both lead to the same destination. There's just two different ways to get there. So that's our case. So the two, there's two pathways. On the pathway, let's call it pathway A. We know that there's a dead body buried there on the path. On the one that's on the other direction, we know that there's no dead bodies buried there. So pathway A is Tameh, and pathway B is Tahor. One person, let's say I went on pathway A, which is the Tameh path, and it made me Tameh to work with Taros. The second guy also, the second guy also went to the same destination, but he took pathway B. So I went on pathway A, and I really should be Tameh, right? And uh, I did, I, I was Osek the Taros. My friend walked on pathway, he really should be tired, but we don't know. I said, I took pathway A. I really don't know in which path I took. I was on the phone. I was spaced out. I have no idea. So wh- how does it work out? Says the Gemara, that's a machlokis in the Tanaim. Seven, eight lines down. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, if after the fact, let's say that you and I are the two people. One of us went on path A and one of us went on path B. Fine. So says the Gemara as follows. If I go to ask a Shiloh by myself, the posek can say to me, Phil, you're tahor. Every chance you went on the other pathway. That's fine. If you separately, after me, went to your posek and asked the same exact shaila, he would say that you're tahor. Now, even though it's impossible that both of us are tahor, but the concept of, that we learned in the previous case is that when you have one significant suffix, we don't have to assume that you did something wrong. So when each question is asked in a vacuum, everyone is tahor. No problem. But, if you and I walk into the dayan together and we say, Rebbe, here's the case. One of us walked on path A, which is Tameh. One of us walked on path B, which is Tahar. What's the din? Then Tmein. No, no, he can't have it that way. When both of you are standing before me, then I cannot say you're Tahar. The mechanism of the Kula is when you're separated. Because then we look at you as a Yachid and we say, we don't have to be Machmer on you. We can say you easily could have gone on the other path. And the other guy also could have easily gone on the other path had we been separate. But together, 
halachically, there's no room for leniency because I know that at least one of you walked on that tummy path. Therefore, the taros are problematic at the end of the road. Now, Rabbi Yossi argues with Rabbi Huda. What does Rabbi Yossi say? He's like, stop with these theoretical mental gymnastics. Somebody's tummy. I'm not playing these games. Somebody's tummy. The taros are tummy. He's not willing to hear about it. Good. Now, Rava, an Amora, looks at this machlokes in the Tanaim and says as follows. Omar Rava, some say it was Rava, some say it a little earlier, Rav Yochanan. When the two men are standing there in front of the Dayan together, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees. No, no, that's not the argument. When the two of them are standing there, nobody argues that that's going to be Tameh, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees. There too, if I go in by myself and ask my Shiloh, and after I leave, you go in and you ask your Shiloh, even Rabbi Yossi would agree that it's, that it's lenient. Where is the machlokes of Shnei Shvilin. Where do Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yossi really argue in the case of Shnei Shvilin? Says the Gemara, third of the way down. Lo nechleku, I walk into the room and I say, hey, me and Yehuda, we went somewhere together. Here's the story. I walked on one path, he walked on another. I know one is Tameh, I know one is Tar. Paskin on both of us. Paskin on both of us. It's a blended case. I'm there by myself, but I'm asking about both of us. There we have our machlokas, Rabbi Yossi, medamele lebasachas. He says, that's no different than me and the other person standing in front of the Dayan. However, Rabbi Yehuda, medamele lezacharzeh. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, the Dayan still only has you in front of him. By you, he can be mekel, and by the other person, he can be metame. Okay, good. So that's our precedent. What did we start with? What was this Shnei Shvilin case uh, about? It was about one collection of chametz, two houses that were baduk, and we said that a mouse came, we didn't know what to do, the Danish Neshvilin, subject to the machlokas of the Rabbanim. So if you go by yourself and ask the Shaila, you don't have to do B'dikas Chametz. And if you go together and ask the Shaila, you absolutely have to do B'dikas Chametz. And if I go to ask about you, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi have a machlokas about that. So if this ever happens to you, ask your Shaila individually. That's Ladina, it's in the Shulchan Aruch. We're going to learn that later. That is Ladina, the way that we understand this case of Shnei Good. That was case three. Case four, we're a little bit more than a third of the way down. Suffolk all, Suffolk lo all. I'm looking at the mouse. He has a piece of bread in his hand. I turned around. He disappears. Did he go in the house? Did he not go in the house? Namely, do I have to do badika? Do I not have to do badika? Case four, says Gemara, hainu bika. This is like the case of a bika. A bika, in this case, is a large space that has many fields in it. This case looks at its precedent for this Mishnah, which is found in Maseches Baba Basra and Avodah Zarah and in Taharos and in other places in Shas and well, as well, another well-known case. Halfway down. Ditznan, what's the precedent? You walk into the Bika and it's the winter season. And I know that there's Tuma somewhere in one of these fields. Let's say that there's 10 fields. In one of the fields, there's a dead body. Okay, what was I doing? One person said, I was walking around, spaced out. I don't know if I walked into the field that had the mace. I, I don't know. There may have even been a sign. I don't know where I was. So how do I treat myself? Remember our case. I don't know if the mouse took the chametz into the house or not. I just don't know. Says Gemara, Rabbi Eliezer Metahir. Rabbi Eliezer says about this person, he's not Tameh Mace, he's good. The Chachamim Metamin, the Chachamim say he's Tameh. Shahai Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Safik Bia Tahor. If you're not even sure if you entered the space of where the Tuma is, for sure you're going to be Tahor. That's not, we don't go that far of maybe, 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 maybe. There's 10 fields. You have no idea where you were, you're clueless. So we're going to say that we presume you walked into the field. 
and went over the mace. No way. Suffolk be a tahor. The fact that you don't even know if you entered the space, you're tahor. However, suffolk maga tumatame. There, if you're in that, if you're in that place already, then you definitely could have stepped on it. You definitely could have touched it. That's very possible. And then we would say you're tummy. So that's our case. So how does that apply back? If you don't even know if the animal entered the house, there's no mitzvah for dikas chametz. Potter. Done. Good. Case five. Halfway down. A little bit more. All the badak velo ashkach. Let's say you watch the animal headed in his mouth and you watched him walk into your front door. We had a squirrel walk into my house this week, uh, two weeks ago. Our little, our, our front door doesn't close all the way. And my children are terrified of squirrels. Creeped right in, sat there on the window hoping to get out. And thank God for someone in my house who swung at this thing with a squirrel and he ran outside. So this is, I watched him walk in my house. And if he had some chametz in his mouth, so good. But what if I can't find the chametz? I know that he brought it in, but now what? I can't find it. So that says the Gemara, where's the precedent there? That is the case of Plukta de Rav Meir Verabana. It's not. What does the Mishnah say? Hayer Rav Meir Omer, called Dover Shebechezkas Tuma, this is not talking about it's talking about in general there is a chazaka if there is a chazakas tuma it will remain that way until verified otherwise right let's say that a woman we know that she became anida but we don't ever know that she went to the mikvah nothing to indicate that she's bechazakas tuma that's why some of the posts can say that when a woman comes back from the mikvah before any physical contact she should clarify, I went to the mikvah. To undo the chezkas tuma. She knows she went to the mikvah. But you need to hear that she went to the mikvah. So, okay, how is the water? You can ask Belash and Remez. It doesn't have to be like, did you go into the mikvah? Okay, you can ask the question as in like simply, how was the mikvah, whatever it was. But we need to remove the chezkas tuma because this is Rav Meir. Rav Meir says when there's a chezkas tuma, it remains until further notice. If we applied this back to B'dik HaSchametz, how would it work? We know the squirrel brought the food in, but we can't find the food. Chezkas tuma, chezkas chametz. Now we have to go back and we have to do bdikas chametz. However, omrim bodek ad You check, you check, you look around, you move things around. If it's if you can't find it, you can't find it, and you move on. Karka basula, you get to the ground level, right? To the to the ground itself. They didn't have hardwood floors. They're just moving stuff around. Once you get there and you can't find it, their houses were not as big as most of our houses. It took them a minute. So you look around, you can't find the chametz, the whole thing is done. Good, done. So that's the machlokas. That would be the answer to our case. It's a machlokas between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. Next case, 10 lines from the bottom. All the badak ve'ashkach. You watched it walk in the house, all. Ubadak, you did think as chametz, ve'ashkach, and you found it. Can we assume that that's all that happened? Says the Gemara, plugta de Rebbe v'rav Shem ben Gamliel. That's our precedent case. What's the precedent case? Titania, you have a field. This is a bright side. You have the field and you don't know where the kever is in the field. A person who goes in there, he's considered to be tummy. However, what if somebody said, I found it. I found the kever. I know where it is. And he, he demarcates. He puts a little, a little box around it. So then, of course, because what was our concern? We didn't know where the kever was. So let's bring this back. Once we know where the chametz is, we don't have to worry about the chametz anymore. That would be the shita of uh, of Rebbe, because that's the shita. Shani Omer kever shabad who kever shenimza dibi Rebbe. You lost a kever, and you found a kever. What are you going to assume somebody else buried somebody else in the meantime? Rebbe says, stop worrying about everything. You lost a kever, you found a kever. So if a coin walks in there now, and you've demarcated where the kever is, if a coin doesn't go over that spot, tower, no problem. That's Rebbe. However. Six lines from the bottom, Rashbagomer, Tibade Kola Sadakula. Nope, you got to check everything. We need to make a thousand percent sure that you're actually right. 
Rashbag would hold in our case, that even if you found the mouse with the bread in his, in his mouth, it doesn't make a difference, you would still have to do Bdika because maybe there's more Chavitz. Next case. This is case number seven so far. Five lines from the bottom. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. You put down nine pieces of bread and you find 10. Okay. Just, you can just imagine the kid like takes like a Kit Kat out of his pocket and he throws it in the pile, you know, and you, you like freak out. Like you counted nine, you go back on your camera. There's nine. How did the 10th one show up? So this is our Shiloh here. What's the precedent case? Plugta to Rebbe v'Rabbanan. Two in a row. Uh, the last one was actually Rashbag. This is Rebbe and the Rabbanan. What's the machlokes? Ditanya, a case of Chulan and Meiser. mana. Let's say you take one unit of Meiser. And umatza masayim. And then you find two units of, of that same food. But you only know that one is Meiser. So what do you do? So it says the Gemara, chulin umayser sheni me'uravin Rebbe. Rebbe says, we presume that the first mana was there, and we presume that the second mana is chulin, and that they're now mixed up together. The chachamim omrim, hakol chulin. The chachamim say, no. Once you find an additional one, we assume the previous nine were swept out, and this is 10 new ones. That's the, that's the difference between the two. Huge difference. And that's the sheet of the chachamim, hakol chulin. We don't even assume that the one that you put there was still there. That was our case. We established the case. That was a given that I put down one mana of Miser. But if I find double when I get back, someone must have taken it all and replaced it all because the numbers don't work out. Why would there be more than I started with? Someone must have been tampering. It must be that it's different. How would this play back in our case? In our case, according to Rebbe, we would have said it's problematic. We would have said you have to do, we would have said it's fine. You just have an extra piece here, but there's both a chametz and, and an extra piece. It's fine. And the Chachamim would have said that there's no need to do uh, anything at all. Next. Is that right? The Chachamim If they say that everything is Chulin, that means everything has been replaced. Sorry, that means you have to do B'dikah Chachamim. You have to do a full B'dikah because the Chachamim said that everything's been replaced. So now we have no idea what's in your house. The nine turned into 10. Maybe the 10 is really more. So that's uh, that was case number seven. Case eight, three from the bottom. This is a more common case. Let's say that you put out 10, 10 Kit Kats. Uh, this is going to be your contained, enclosed chametz to do for B'dikas chametz. Great idea. Umatzatesha, but you only find nine. Hainu seifa. That's the end of that very same Mishnah, which would be the precedent. It's actually a b'risa, not a Mishnah. The Tanya, hiniach masayim umatzamana, the reverse. Let's say that you put in two units of Miser and you only find one. So then, according to Rebbe, mana munach umana mutal, same as before, it's a mixed bag. The chacham we assume that everything was replaced. Next, top of Davyudim at base. This is case number nine. I put everything in one corner. I put it in the corner next to the next to the fridge, and then I find it the next uh, the next morning in the corner next to the stove. So what do I do? So it says the Gemara, plug to the Rashbag, and the precedent case is over there. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, Kardom Shabbat Bebais, a person has an axe or some type of uh, of some type of tool in their house, and they've lost it. They can't find it. So they knew it was there. Now they can't find it. Habayis tame. We assume that there is some tuma in the house. Shani Omer Adam tame nechnas We assume that someone went into the house and took it, and that person might have been tame. 
uh, we'll ignore the details for now. But that was the, the case of the Tanakama. Why would he say that the house is Tahor? We lost a tool. We can't find it. Says the Gemara, I, I forgot. I lent it to someone and I forgot. Uh, we've all done that. We probably all have equipment in everybody else's house in the neighborhood. And we have no idea when we gave it to the person or who we gave it to. Yet two days ago, that happened to me. I was looking for something. I went into my sister's shed to go find it. Little did I know it was sitting there. I lent it to her a year ago. Although all of it died, it didn't even cross my mind. Good. So maybe I just forgot. Regular human being, normal stuff. Good. That's one possibility. I lent it to someone and forgot. Oh, or I put it in this corner and then I moved it to that corner. Now, before we go on, this Mishnah references corner to corner only here. But that wasn't the case that we discussed before. That was our case was, was you put it in one corner and moved it to another or found it in another. But in the precedent case, starting on line two, the Tanya, all we said there in the Tanakama was that we were, were missing a tool. Why does the Rashbag add in the case of corner to corner? The Brysa wasn't talking about corner to corner. And therefore the Gemara says, Zavis, why does the Rashbag talk about corner to corner? Mandekar Shmei. Who was he responding to to even talk about corners? He didn't hear our question of the Gemara. That was way after he was alive. The Rashbag was a Tana. This, was, uh, this, was, this question was written uh, hundreds of years after him. So what was even the Habamina that he should be talking about corners? So it says the Gemara, you're right. Seven lines down, really, this Brisa that we quoted as precedent to our case of the corner to corner Hamid, this case was missing information. Here's what it should have said. Tanakama says, if you lose a tool in the house, you lose an axe, you don't know where it is. We assume the house is Tame because we assume someone walked into the house and they might have been Tame and they might have moved around your other caleb. Oh, the Brisa here now adds, which we didn't have in our version at the top of the page. Oh, Tanakama again holds corner to corner would be a problem. Now we understand where the Rashbag is coming from. Why would he, why would the Tanakama say that corner to corner is problematic? For the same reason as he would in the Rasha. So the Tanakama now makes perfect sense with the added case of corner to corner, which also makes this case a much better precedent for our case of corner to corner. And then the Rashbag adds, making much more sense now than he did before. Rashbag, Omer, Habayis, Tahor, Shani, Omer, Hishilo, Le'acher, V'shachach, Oshin, Oshin, Atalim, Yizav, Yizuv, Yinech, V'zav, Yizuv, He was just responding to the two cases that, that the Tanakama mentioned, the case of the lost tool and the case of corner to corner. That's why he said both of those cases. This would be the Machlokas about our case of Adikas Chametz. We had the Chametz in one corner and now we found it in another. So it depends. According to the Tanakam, it's problematic. It's going to be Tame. We assume bad things have happened. And therefore, we'd back, bringing it back to our case, we'd have to do Adikas Chametz. However, the Rashbag would be more lenient. Case number 10, about 10 lines down, one quarter of the way down. Amar Rava Akbar Nichnas Vikikar Befib. A mouse goes into the house and he has bread in his mouth. Wow, that almost sounded like a Dr. Seuss book for a second. That was not on purpose. And then you go in and you find crumbs. Meforshim say, crumbs in the volume of the cookie that he brought into the house. It's got to make sense. Otherwise, you're missing crumbs. It's got to look like the, the amount of food he brought in. What's the din? Doesn't make sense. They don't, they don't leave over crumbs. I, yesterday we said something differently. It's different, different Tana, different Chita. Okay. And this is very applicable. Tinok, Nichnas Vikikar A child is holding Chametz. He goes into a place that's already considered Baduk. 
then if a child makes crumbs out of a food, that's totally normal. We know, we know that that's 100% normal. They make crumbs. Now, from here until the Mishnah, we're going to ask um, two general questions with about 10 iterations of the question, all of which will end in a teku. And then we're going to look into the Shulchan Aruch before Marev to see how these things were codified. But let's get started. About halfway down, this is the 11th presented case of the Gemara so far. Boy Rava. Rava says, A mouse walks into, a, a, into the house and he has a cookie. The Achbar Yotze, and a, a mouse comes out of the house with Kikar Befib. Right? Goes in with a cookie and he comes out with a cookie. It's, it looks like the same Oreo cookie. So, Mahu. Do we say that this cookie, the one that he brought in, is the one that he took out? Can we assume that it is the same cookie? Or maybe we should assume that, uh, no, he has a storage somewhere in the wall, and he's got, all, he's got plenty of food stashed there, and we have to do another B'dikas Chametz. And Im Tim Salomar, halfway down, Im Tim Salomar, and even if you want to say that it is the same cookie, let's change the case a drop. What if it was Akbar Lavan Nichnas, the Kikar Befib? A white mouse walks into the house with the Oreo, the Akbar Shachor Yotze, the Kikar Befib Mahu. Let's say one mouse goes into the house carrying an Oreo, and he's a, he's a white mouse. And then a different colored mouse walks out, a black mouse walks out with, with a cookie in his mouth. Can we assume that it's the same one? Do we say, Hai Vadai Achrinahu, Odilma Armuye Arme Mine? Do we say that it's a different one because it's a different mouse? Or do we say no, that maybe mouse number two stole it from mouse number one? And even if you want to say, even if you want to say that mice don't take from one another, if mice don't take food from one another, that means that by definition, this is a different mouse, a different uh, cookie. Then what about the following case? A mouse goes into the house with an Oreo. The chulda, a larger animal, yotza v'kikar b'fihamahu. A larger animal will definitely take from a, let's say you have a weasel. I don't know how it defines a weasel or a cat. How does the article translate this? I, I was, when I was learning it, it was translated as a weasel. What does he say for a chulda? A weasel, good. So you have a mouse, which is small, the weasel, which is larger. So if you want to say, fine, from one mouse to another, they're not going to steal, but the larger animal is always going to win. So then says the Gemara, achbar nichnas v'kikar b'fih, he walks in. And he has a kikar in his mouth, but the chul, the yotza, the weasel walks out and he's holding the kikar b'fihamah. Do we say, chul vadai me'achbar shkalte? Do we say that we definitely would assume in this case that the weasel stole the bread from the mouse? Odilma, and this is a little gross, Odilma, or perhaps achrinahu, it must be different because dim ise de me'achbar shkalte, had it been that he took from the mouse, he would have also taken the mouse. Then you would have seen the mouse in his mouth. The weasel would have walked out with the mouse itself. Oh, the haraya, the weasel didn't eat the mouse, then it has to be a different piece of bread. There we have to do bdikas chametz. This is like the ecosystem of rodents and weasels. So we have to figure out how all this works out. And let's keep going. Yet another iteration. We're two thirds of the way down. And if you want to say, and even if you want to say, I know this is nuanced, even if you want to say, that yes, it's true that the weasel would take the bread and he'd also have the mouse in his mouth. What about the following? Achbar nichnas v'kikar b'fiv, v'chulda, yotza, v'kikar v'achbar b'fiv chulda mahu. 
what would happen if the weasel goes in, he has a mouse in his mouth and a piece of bread on the other side of his mouth. Hacha vada ihuhu. Do we say that it is, of course, the same? Odilma im isa the ihu nihu. If you want to say it's the same exact bread, then kikar befi achbar mishtaka chava bayishtakuche. Who had the who had it in their mouth in the first place? The mouse. So what's the weasel going to do? He's going to say, "Excuse me, can I please have the bread?" No, he's going to pick up the whole mouse with his mouth. He's going to pick him up by his teeth. So then, who's holding the bread? The mouse. So says the Gemara. Do we assume that Odilma Mishum Biasusa? Maybe the mouse got so scared when he saw the weasel who nafala fell out of his mouth with skalte, and then the weasel picked up both the mouse and the bread, but separately. Says the Gemara. Teku. You're asking. Good. We have no idea. Good. We are three lines before the widest line, says the Gemara. Last question of the night. Again, a number of iterations, though more reasonable. Uh, well, I guess for the most part, we'll see how practical some of this is. You look up, you have tall rafters. You have that rustic ceiling. You have rafters. You look up there. Somebody threw a bag of Oreos up there like a year ago. You can see them kind of hanging off the edge of the rafters. So you see a piece of bread up there? How far does the mitzvah b'dika go? Do I have to get a ladder? Go outside, grab a ladder? Do I have to go do that? Maybe we would say, it's a dinder abbanan, it's a mitzvah der abbanan to b'dika scham. The rabbis weren't pushing you that far. It's not going to fall on its own. I mean, I know there's gravity, but it hasn't moved since last Pesach, so I can just leave it there, right? Or perhaps, Maybe the Chachamim wove into the din of the mitzvah of Dikas Chametz that were concerned even about the what if of maybe it fell and therefore I have to be concerned about it. Good? But isn't it like stuck to the earth if it went from one Pesach to the other? Not if it's still edible. It has to be, it, it, your question, I'm just repeating for people here. If you're saying if it's a year old, maybe the food's inedible, but maybe it's edible. You're right. Of course, if it's inedible, then you don't have to worry about it. Then it's like the dust of the earth. It's not roi lachilas kelev. But if even a dog would eat it, then it's still considered chametz as it relates to bdikas chametz. Okay. Could be 10 years later. It doesn't make a difference. Space food, right? That stuff lasts a long time, supposedly. So if it's made of real chametz, has flour in it, and it's mixed with water, even if it's dehydrated, that could be chametz. That could be a real problem. Okay, good. So there, we, there the Gemara is saying, we don't know what to do about the food bishmei koro, the food that's up there on the beam. First of the widest lines. And even if you want to say, yes, we are concerned that it might fall. And yes, the Chachamim were matriach, you go get a ladder and take it down. Okay, what about the next case? Do I have to do the same thing for a pit? The gravity of a pit will never make the Oreos come out of the pit. That's not going to work. It's not falling from anywhere to the bottom of the pit. Do we say, Pasha, that the cookies are not going to leave the pit by themselves. So the Chachamim were not matriach you to go get a ladder and get down in there. You don't have to go down into the pit. Oh, Dilma, would we say, Maybe a person would have to do something down there. And therefore, because they may have to go down there, maybe will, they may see the cookies there. Oh, okay. I know it's Pesach, but this looks really good. I'm hungry. Uh, okay, one last iteration. And if you want to say that we are that concerned, and therefore the Chachamim were matriach you to go down into the pit and to get the Oreos for B'dikas Chametz, how far do you have to go? What about the following case? Kikar b'fi nachash. You have a snake on your property, and he's sitting there with a loaf of bread in his mouth. Tzarech haber lahotzi? Oh, ain't 
Do I need to go get a, a snake charmer? Be like, hey, snake charmer, I got to do Bdikas Chametz. Can you help me? Let's ask the question in, le- in learning terms. How far does the mitzvah of Bdikas Chametz go? Let's say I can't reach Chametz that's under some of the seats of my car, but I could pay someone to do that. Says the Gemara, Rabbanan, did they only make you do that which you could do with your goof, that which you're capable of doing? But do we say that it's only a question of what my effort is and whatever my efforts are, that's what it should be? Or do I have to spend money on B'dikas Chametz? I can't get it out of the snake's mouth, the equivalent. I can't get under the seat. So I have to hire someone. So that says the Gemara again, take and that brings us to the Mishnah. Let's take a look at the Mari Makomos here. This is Simon Taflamid Tess. I'll share this with you on the screen so you can follow along. There you go. Sorry for the delay there. Just had to open the file and got lost. So we're learning Simon Tuf Lamed Tess. Mishabadak Velo Matza Mispar Kikaros Shehiniach. Now we learned a lot of these cases. Some of them were clear. Some of them were not from the Gemara. But we're just going to learn the tops. No, no Mishnah Bruras. We're just going to plow through the Shulchan Aruch and see which cases floated to the top. Case Aleph. This is Simon Tuf Lamed Tess. Sif Aleph. Ah, oh, beautiful. That was our case number one. The mouse took it. He took it into a house. So the halacha is that was our case, which we which we said was the case of Teisha Chanuyos. That was the case which was Kol Shekavua Dami. That's the the principle of that case, which is a law within Hilchos Taroves. That's why we have to do a bedika because of the mission of Teisha Chanuyos. Okay, let's uh, skip the, uh, the, the small font. Good, turn to the top of the next page. But now we're on side 20. We're in the midst of Simon Tuf, Lamed being Peyrash, but what if it wasn't near all the other food? If it wasn't near all the other food, if it wasn't near the stores, near the neat piles, you found a random piece, then if the mouse takes it from a random place, because there we just follow the majority. And in that case, the majority was that most, most of, the, uh, of the things that were present were matzah. Nothing to worry about. Next case. This was the second case we saw. Very similar. We don't know. And similarly, adding together the third case. He took the chametz. We don't know where he went. We don't know which house he went into. Couldn't find anything. Right, that's a weave in. Did you catch that? It was badak velomatzaklum. That was another case that we saw. So in all those cases, that means we paskin leniently in the case of not having found it when you tried, like the Tana who held it over there. Sif Gimel. Here we saw two shitas. How do we paskin? You have to do bdikas chametz. In the reverse, 
We have to bdika schamis there to shanu omrim. Because these must have been replaced. The Yesh Omrim, which we didn't learn in the Gemara, that's in the Rishon, and we can skip that, go to the last case. The last case is, How do we paskin? We saw this was a machlokes in the Gemara. This was a machlokes in the Gemara on the top of that Yudam Beis. What case number was this? This was case number nine, the case on the top of the Gemara, where we added in the words to the Bryce about Zavis, and we paskined. Now, some of these cases... Uh, are are not uh, not so glad, not so clear in the Gemara, but the Shulchan Aruch certainly decided to paskin like some of them. We're going to stop here and continue with the next mission. I just wanted to share with you something, uh, a new resource that, that I'm going to be sharing, which is a very brief Chazara in writing, if you want. It'll be a resource that I'll post in the WhatsApp chat and in the description of the WhatsApp chat every day. It's not for tonight yet, because I had to catch up from yesterday. But uh, starting tomorrow, Mir Tashem, every day there will be bullet point chazara. It'll take you 30 seconds to chazra the daf in bullet points, and it'll help. It certainly helps me to crystallize what we've learned, uh, and hopefully uh, it will be helpful to you as well. Have a beautiful night. We'll pick up tomorrow from the Mishnah on Daf Yodam Adbeis. Uh, uh, to you. You don't know how-